come on, 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 baby. Make the threat that I take be your son when you're away. Welcome uh, to Free Phone from the Green Dragon, uh, coming to you live from uh, parts of the world. I'm Sam. Jonas. Hey, Sam and Jonas here. Uh, glad you guys are joining us today for our episode number two. And uh, it's uh, nice to see you, Jonas. It's good to see you from across the world. To clarify, Sam is currently sitting somewhere on the east coast of North America, and I'm sitting somewhere on an island very close to china the, the island uh the island's name sounds like taiwan anyway <laughs> good morning and good evening to everyone yeah and, and the place in the east coast that i'm setting uh setting is sounds like best virginia but <laughs> um you know we won't go there so uh yeah uh, we are we are here and ready to roll with um our episode this evening and um you know, I think last week we told you guys about uh, the uh, Kiss My Brew uh, uh, website and the blog that Jonas is doing there. I recommend you guys check that out. It's a, some excellent knowledge for you homebrewers out there and a lot of good of uh, some illustrative past from Jonas's and Jonas's history as well as mine. Yeah, thanks, Sam. Uh, again, the Kiss My Brew has been is being run by Dorian Tuli. He lives in Barcelona. And he's one of the rare Frenchmen that you meet who adores beer, especially IPAs. And uh, so once again, big shout out to um, Dorian and check out Kiss My Brew. But we'll talk about some beer stuff here. Anything you want to talk about? Anything on your mind, Sam? You know, um, I, on my mind today is the fact that I'm drinking a, a different kind of beer uh, this evening. Uh, it's nighttime here and... I'm having a um, Modelo Especial, and uh, back uh, back in the old school beer snob days when um, I might turn my nose up at a Mexican corn lager, as we used to call them, uh, I've grown to really appreciate a good Mexican lager. They're they're crushable, they're drinkable. Um, Especial is a great beer. I've always been a, more of a Modelo fan, but lately I've been drinking the lighter version, and um, the history behind the Modelo uh, product itself, as far as the Vienna lager. Uh, if you guys don't know that out there in the beer world, you might want to just check out uh, the connection between Vienna and Negro Modelo. I'll just tease you with that one. So um, just coming out of the gate, telling you what I'm drinking this evening. And um, sometimes we'll have a beer if it's nighttime on our side of the world, or sometimes we won't, but we're, uh, we're enjoying it. So um Anyway, uh, Jonas, what do you have to open up with this evening? Yeah, last night I was thinking, it's morning time for me, but uh, I was thinking I wish I had a, a couple cases of Little Kings stashed mm -hmm. in the back. You know, those little tiny bottles that are about yeah. four four ounces or whatever. Oh, yeah. That, that would be a good morning beer to have right now. Yeah, cream um, ale. They always had a nice hoppy aroma. 
I'm gonna, I think I'm going to do a little research about cream ale next time. I didn't mean to uh, instigate a discussion about cream ale, but uh, it's a it's a it's a little known uh, style. Maybe maybe I'll think be thinking on that one, or uh, I don't know, maybe some coronitas, or maybe <laughs> some of those little mini cans. Yeah, you know, like like Bud Light comes in or something like that. Because you know I love Bud Light. Bud Light's good in the morning, uh, as long as you're brushing your teeth with it, and then um, yes. that's working good. So, um, right. well, you know, it's kind of got a corn adjunct theme going, because typically I believe cream ales have a, a, some component of corn in them, I believe, um, but I may be wrong on that. At least my recipe has a little cream coming from the corn and a little oats in there as well, um, uh, although it's not, uh, my cream ale's not de-brewed so to speak as far as making a lighter but um you know i don't did you ever brew cream ale jonas i did probably mostly in name only i was just using lager yeast and um i used what goodness gracious oh i know i used a big chunk of vienna speaking of vienna malt i used a big chunk of vienna malt to uh to the mash probably about eight percent okay and it was that was when I was brewing down at Green Man in Asheville. And um, I'm trying to think. I would use about 15% wheat, all pale, and then the pale malt, and then about 8% VM malt. So it was more of a flavor profile than a yeast profile. It was a nice malty beer. Mm, um, sounds good. Oh, no. Come to think of it, no. As a fact, I did add sugar to that one. I did add at least 25, if not 50 pounds of sugar, of course, because you have to have corn. Yeah. And I had spoken to a fellow. His first name was Andy. I can't remember his last name. Um, but he was brewing up in Maryland, and they were they were doing the contract brewing for, for Little Kings at that time. And he said, you know, his job was to – he didn't have like the original recipe, but his job was to mimic the flavor as closely as possible. Huh. And uh, he, he was using dextrose to do that, yeah. not yeah. using like a, a cereal cooker or anything like that. Yeah, not taking maize and crushing it and cooking it and, you know, putting no. it. In. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. Uh, start from Some the of the Midwestern stuff. brewers still like to do that. They'll have, a, you know, they'll have a, I can't think of what you, just a cereal cooker, mm -hmm. you know, separate from the, from the mash ton and they'll cook it down and mix it and step it and stuff. But Well, I know you didn't mean to go off on cream ales, but I'm now very thirsty for one. And, uh, yeah. but just anyway, call Uber. just call What's Uber, that? call yeah. Uber. I'll call Uber and little Kings right now. Yeah. Let's get some little Kings. One, two, Sounds three, let's go. <laughs> I've got a funny story about little Kings. If you want to hear it real quick, it's a, uh, I do. It's actually, uh, it's kind of beer related. Uh, so my, my brother, who is a uh, big Christian rock musician, um, had the idea one time to take me on the road with him to Cincinnati, Ohio for a couple of shows. And uh, I was kind of a roadie, but I was also kind of a stage prop. My, my brother was very unique in his stage shows. And so what he would have me do is come out and uh, put a chair in the middle of the stage before the performance and get a newspaper and sit down and start reading the newspaper and read the entire newspaper, maybe two or three times through the entire show as his rock band rocked out behind me, you know, kind of maybe I asked him later what the hell he was thinking. And he was like, well, it's kind of my comment that people ignore Christianity. And I was like, Oh, okay. But uh, the second night I thought, you know, boy, that sure was boring. 
So um, I got an eight pack, by the way, uh, little Kings used to come in eight packs too. Yeah. Um, uh, and I drank all eight of them uh, prior to the show. <laughs> oh, prior. Because I was going to have a lot more fun that evening. And so anyway, I uh, sat there and it was quite an enjoyable rock concert, but that's my little Kings Christianity uh, context there. So, so, you oh. know, I think we're going to be changing the format, Jonas, in the future a little bit. But I, tonight, I believe we're going to be sticking with the surprise question. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah, that's fine. You want to move towards that? We're going. We're free, baby. That's we're good. free. Free foaming it. Yeah, it's so, on my face. Let's see. How do we get the question tonight from our uh, masked mystical producer? Um, he'll pull up the... Uh, uh, screen share. Wow. Hmm. Wow. Love number one and number two. Hmm. I'd like to boot number two down the road. That's probably a part one, two, and three, four episode uh, free foam <laughs> cast or pod, as they say. So, okay. Number one. Number That's one's fine. light. It's a light question. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's. Are you sure? Well, you know, fine, actually, I fine. think it, I think it's poignant. There's a lot going on with this. So, um, okay, gonna, let's do it. I'll read the question. Last week, I think it was Jonas's turn to read, and I'll, I'll read this evening. Uh, what effects will the pandemic have on the brewing industry in the long and short term? That is a fantastic question, and mm -hmm. um, uh, it is uh, it's a serious question because I think that it will be incredible what the impact is going to be i know for a fact that already in the united states the impact on the craft industry has been devastating we have uh you know um experienced a lot of loss as far as uh people obviously and that's sad um there's also a lot of breweries that are going out or have gone out because of it um and that's that's uh that's the immediate um short-term effect uh, that's just kind of my first gut reaction. Jonas, what do you have to add to that? Yeah, I mean, the the first thing that's going to happen is, unfortunately, is all the, the small micro, the, the small, the smallest micros, um, pubs and nano breweries are going to fold because they don't have any resources to fall back on. Yeah, And they're, if, if they're a retail establishment, is they're probably the most most vulnerable pre-pandemic retail establishment would be the safest hmm. but then so the the packaging brewers have a better a better shot at it mm -hmm. but um but even so the small ones people are so selective where they go out people are only going to go for essentials yeah and if you live in a place like Asheville for example which will have 25 different choices for you to go to um, you know, you need to be on a lot of people's essentials list. And yeah. unfortunately there's going to be a half dozen of them that are not, yeah. um, sad, sad stuff. Concept. Uh, what am I trying to say? Well, let me, uh, let me add something sure. there, Jonas. Um, you know, it, it's interesting because right as the pandemic was hitting, actually not right at the time, but leading up to that was a resurgence of the nano super small, super local, you know, very hyper uh, origin beer. Mm -hmm. um, and 
uh, a lot of folks were trying to get out of the big packaging game and moving into other markets. And so it's ironic that it hit then because there are breweries out there that were well-established and getting, you know, being able to do that. And so it's a, it's sad. Um, I think that that pendulum definitely will swing back eventually. I think the American, especially in America, we've, we love being able to go down to our corner pub. We get, there's a lot of pride now about, okay, that beer's from the 55th block of yeah. <laughs> you know, E street in St. Louis. And, right. um, and people love that. So um, anyway, what was your thought? Yeah, no, I, that's, that's a good thought. Actually, if, for example, I'm thinking of a, there's a, there's a place near Hillsborough called in North Carolina called, I think the farm and garden, but it's basically an old country gas station that's been turned into a general store uh, about 15 or 20 years ago by this couple from Montana. And they have a lot of local products that run the gamut. Um, but it would be interesting if there was a nano brewery that, for example, sold their beer only there and you bought it in like bombers or, or growlers or something mm -hmm. that if, if nano brewers in theory could actually be pretty safe because probably most of them open with very little overhead, if any, oh, true point, yeah. you know, like um, basically licensing their garage or licensing just, you know, well, a tiny space that, sure. and so if they can afford that $200 a month overhead, which is, you know, a tiny fraction of what running a, a commercial operation is, then who knows, maybe they're just, sell, you know, they'd be in a position to be sellering beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. Good point. If, if nano, if we're only talking like what, like half a barrel up to two barrels is that a nano brewery i'm not even sure exactly the size i forget the official definition i've always kind of referred to them as three barrels south uh, as far okay. as the size yeah. but um but that probably has even shrunk um now uh that you're seeing you know people being really prolific in about a three barrel system and being able to push a lot of product out of them um you know i think some of the the longer term uh, uh the longer term effect is oh yeah our producers is now saying that uh three barrels is the nano system three barrels or less yeah yeah so um nice to have a, a producer on the backside helping us with some facts it's great yeah he's our game spotter he can tell who committed the penalty <laughs> that's right so uh okay you're gonna 15 yards on you my friend um no anyway um so the long-term effects here i think are I think that there's going to be a balance that needs to be achieved by people who are at the mid level of brewing. I think people are going to really have to look at their tap room uh, sales, you know, which were blossoming before all this happened. A lot of people were making their monthly overhead, their payroll yeah. by the tap room at sales directly out of the, the point of source. Um, mm -hmm. That's the most profitable and I think that people are going to have to come back with a combined model of tap room for these, you know, step above nano breweries, tap yes, room, um, uh, uh, creative packaging. There's some great creative, creative packaging, excuse me, as far as canning options out there now that aren't too expensive. Mm -hmm. um, and then also, uh, you know, just being really able to kind of go with the flow and have some flexibility. Um, 
so I think that I think in the long term, that's going to have to, you know, people are going to have to learn that lesson. And then one thing I'm already seeing uh, in some of the work I'm doing now, which I'm doing a lot of uh, commercial beer line cleaning for restaurants and, and pubs here in uh, uh, someplace in the eastern part of the United States, um, is that people are really treating cleanliness serious. Uh, you know, I've seen two of the of my customers already pushing on their social media that we have clean beer lines and our environments cleaned, uh, you know, daily four times a, a day to prevent COVID. And so they're really capitalizing on that, which means they're buying into it. Um, and it's a neat effect because uh, uh, from, uh, from seeing really dirty beer lines for years and years, it's nice to see at least here in this part of the United States that's happening. Um, yeah. Clean beer lines don't exist here. I mean, maybe, in type a or somebody there's somebody that's or if a beer line is is brand new but it, it would just be an afterthought because we're not really a draft beer culture here yeah um so you can hope if you drink a draft beer hope you get it within like the first month of installation otherwise it's it'll be pretty scary i can only imagine um but luckily we're this little micro uh market for a lot of the European imports. And um, so we have a good selection of English, German, and Belgian beer specifically. Um, and in the summertime, fun funny enough, a lot of it is in like in tall boy cans. Yeah. All these European brewers are, are packaging in tall boy cans. I guess they're, yeah. they're larger and easier to transport. So there yeah. you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and, you know, speaking of that kind of packaging, you know, um, I've seen some, very traditional uh, brewers out of Germany shipping their beer uh, in tank and mm -hmm. packaging uh, at point of destination mm -hmm. and um, actually letting it finish uh, uh, lagering <laughs> in route. Mm -hmm. And you talk about excellent tasting fresh beer. Uh, it is, uh, it, 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 it's fantastic uh, as far as the idea um, but that's kind of getting off the topic as far as the pandemic. Oh, that's okay. The pandemic, it's uh, the pandemic, to be honest, has been really troubling for me because I, I've been watching it from afar for those about you, for those of you out there in the world, uh, Taiwan was a ray of hope in the pandemic in that we responded earliest because we were with our relationship with China, though contentious, we had scientists on the ground on December 29 and they came back to Taipei literally that night and said start our 116 point plan and no I'm not kidding we had a 116 point pandemic plan and wow. we we isolated every case and um, track traced every contact traced every case and we did have a recent surge our basically our second wave you know was a whopping 40 cases yeah. or maybe less, but we have less than 50 active cases. And it's, uh, so that was, but on the other hand, I've been out tracking the daily totals from the U.S. And it, oh. to be honest, it hurts my heart. And I've yeah. reached out to Sam and my other family and friends on a regular basis to make sure they're okay and uh, ask them to mitigate and, and do what they can. Yeah. Um, and, and the irony, the irony behind that, Jonas, is if you recall, I started contacting you the end of 2019 when we started hearing about this. And I was, I was just certain 
that Taiwan was going to be overrun with it being what 90 miles off the yeah uh, the mainland coast of China and yeah. um and you were like no everything's fine and I while I believed you I was like oh my gosh how long is it going to be fine and then come to find out the they had treated it the way it needs to be treated and unfortunately for those of you maybe who don't know the world arena they had been literally blocked from being able to share that information at the at the uh, at the world health organization level because they're not recognized as a country yeah. and uh that's just uh that's a travesty you know i don't want to be too political here and, and you know we're gonna as as you said last week jonas we're gonna be divergent um but i you know um i want to i want to also say that i think one of the benefits or not the benefits that's horrible one of the outcomes positive will be that this should shake it loose as far as Taiwan, at least getting the recognition yes. on, on that front, because they've just, it, it's been amazing. So um, well, I'll tell you another amazing thing that's come out of it at great and devastating cost to the unite my brothers and sisters in the U S we have conserved more energy in the last six months than the last 40 years combined. You look oh, yeah. at all, all the, Sierra Club and Greenpeace and all these people, all the environmental groups who have just begged us to conserve, conserve, conserve. Well, we did it. It was just not in the way we intended. So perhaps we can be thinking, move, be moving in a new direction over the next decade. And I think that's, uh, we can't let go of that. Well, and uh, by no means do I want to, you know, belittle just the gravity of the situation. I will predict that this topic will come in our conversations uh, from, for many, for many months to, to come. And, and once we get at least to a manageable level in the U S which um, hopefully will be sooner rather than later, it won't be right on the forefront of our minds and we'll be celebrating the fact that we aren't discussing it as much, but um, you know, I was thinking uh, Jonas, you uh, had an, a point earlier, I believe about kind of uh Gonna, gonna completely switch gears here, folks. You're gonna yes. think that I don't care about the world, but um, you know, Jonas had a good idea about kind of you know sharing with you guys why we have the name that we have for the pod, um, and uh, specifically to you know where we're located in our hearts. Mm -hmm. So, uh, Jonas, please, um, your idea, uh, your thoughts on way why mm -hmm. we say where we're coming from. Well, we, we are free foam at the Green Dragon, and the Green Dragon Inn is a famous inn, famous for its ale that's in a little town called Bywater in the Shire in Middle Earth. And, of course, that is a J.R.R. Tolkien's creation. Um, I wouldn't say I'm a fanatic, but I'm a great lover of Tolkien, and <laughs> his mythology is no less or no more real than any mythology we have in today's world. And um, so I guess in my heart, that's where I'm drinking. And to me, it's, it's as real as Santa Claus and, and many other mythical beings and mythical creatures that we have in our in our lives <laughs> wow well you know we could uh jonas is being very um uh very shy with describing uh, the fanaticism because we are fanatics to be quite honest with you 
uh, listeners out there. Um, and yeah, we could spend hours and hours discussing our love, which we do outside of this cast to this podcast in all kinds of various ways. But um, you said it right. We're drinking, uh, we're drinking spiritually and literally uh, from the green dragon. And um, uh, it's awesome. Uh, it's, it's, it's a great place to start from as far as conversations. Um, you know, we, we want to definitely hear from our listeners and uh, we are getting closer to being able to have the information a little more available to folks out there. But in the interim, Jonas, why don't you tell our, our thousands of listeners out there across the world, how they can give us feedback, give us questions for right now and get a hold of us. Yeah. I believe you can send us an email at free at gmail.com. That's F-R-E-E-F-O-A-M-P-O-D at gmail.com. I also encourage you, encourage you to join Kiss My Brews um, mailing list, and you can also submit questions there um, because we will, be linking, we will be linking our pod to Kiss My Brew any moment now. And, um, but please do send us questions, any question that's important to you, or you just want us to, uh, to, uh, to consider and present to the world. Excellent. Um, well, I think that at this point in this fantastic conversation, which has been both, uh, serious, but fun, um, as I think you would describe maybe Jonas and I in general, we like to have a lot of fun as we're being serious. It'd be nice to say goodbye to our listeners and to each other. Um, I will say uh, be safe out there, take care of each other in the world, and uh, by all means, uh, drink good beer, whatever that means to you. Little Kings, Bud Light, uh, PBR, or, you know, periodic Chimay. I will say goodbye. Uh, Jonas, love from the United, the United States, and um, I will talk to you next week. Yeah, love to you, Sam. Love to the world. All is well here, and we'll see you next time at Free Foam. Thank you.